0: Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audio book with a 30 day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash SLM. Then you can browse the unmatched selection of audio programs, download a title for free and start listening for your daily commute. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM and get started now.
1: Welcome back to another episode of On the Break. Tonight we're continuing our preseason tour of the NBA with the Pacific Division, and tonight we are featuring Phoenix. Robert Sarver convinced Steve Nash to take less money, and then traded the entire team. Suns, the Los Angeles, we're finally relevant again. Clippers, the Golden State. His leg is broken. Yeah, go ahead and clear him. Warriors, the Sacramento. Vladi isn't walking through that door. Kings, and finally the Los Angeles. Hey, D, I know you're a franchise player, but you're not fun enough for Taco Tuesday, Lakers. It's me, Josh the Vanilla Gorilla here with Kyle West. What's up, man?
0: How's it going, man? Glad to uh, glad to be here. Excited to do this division with you. I think this is probably my favorite division in the league. Uh, I think last week, you know, we covered the Northwest, which looking at it may be the most uh, competitive. This one will be right there, but excited
1: to be breaking it down with you. Hey, so my bad. I just dropped your last name and there's no going back on it. (laughs) So uh, get ready for those stalkers to come at you. I'll I'll tell you what, I'll do you one. Uh, My last name is Bristow. So we'll, we'll (laughs) deal with those stalkers uh, together. Okay.
0: My bad. I appreciate it, Uh, (laughs) dude. So I wanted to get your opinion on the Anthony Davis uh, Taco Tuesday situation. For those (laughs) that haven't seen the video, please go look at it. What were your initial thoughts? I mean, you're the one that sent it to me and I was just like, that's
1: cringeworthy awkwardness right there dude what's funny is i saw it on reddit and then it was like as soon as i like i like read the article justin sent it to both of us and then i watched the video from what justin sent and dude it was so funny i wish we could we need to play it but ultimately it was like it started off with somebody asked he was doing like this fan talk or something and somebody asked him about taco tuesday and he did his taco tuesday spiel and like did like the Uh, speedy gonzalez yell right and then he goes nah i'm not invited back lebron said i wasn't (laughs) fun enough
0: (laughs) it's so awkward it's like a it's like a
1: son dad
0: relationship with lebron and ad it's like even though he's a franchise player and probably top five in the nba he's treated like a rookie basically
1: dude i wonder if he's just weird
0: well i think that's i think there's no question that he's just weird
1: (laughs) because he looks he looks weird right
0: no absolutely but i think you know, it's people are going to try to make a big deal about it and the chemistry with LeBron, but it's just a super weird guy with a super extroverted veteran. Right. Not a big deal at the end of the day. But it, I just thought it was funny because I, I love how awkward these cold-blooded, you know, NBA athletes are.
1: Oh, dude, it's so funny because, I like, like LeBron for his entire career and the coolest guy on the court, like, everybody loves him, you know, like Dwayne Wade. Like, like players from other teams love him and stuff like that um it's hilarious to me that everybody hates him now like all the players in the nba are getting sick of him yep well i'm i'm pretty
0: excited to break down this division we'll kind of do the same thing we've been doing in these past two divisions we'll start uh kind of bottom go up to the top and that's obviously going to be the phoenix suns here in this division uh, we will also do the over and unders you know that vegas has and see where we stack up at the end of the uh end of the year i've actually been recording these josh so uh unlike our other ones Dang that are it. just, we do that based on memory. Uh This is going to be recorded, so we'll really know
1: where we stand for sure. You're going to no no faking it. You're going to go through and be like, Josh chose the over on every single bad team and the under on every single good team. <laughs> I'm waiting to see at
0: the end how many evens you have, because you can't make your mind up. I'm guessing like four <laughs> or five. <laughs> dude. I,
1: so I won't, I won't call any evens here. Here's my problem is with young talent, I tend to see the silver lining, and I never – I'm really, really honestly, just for our listeners, I'm really bad at picking the year when they're going to blow up. It's really hard right. for me to do it for some reason. I can see like Jaron Jackson coming in, and I go, this guy has the potential to be the greatest defender of all time or like big man defender in, in years. And I'll go, he's going to be the best defender in the league next year, you know? But then, and then I'll look at the Clippers and I'll be like, and I'll just come up with like fake like little bitty things that you you that the normal fan won't do it and I'll talk about how bad they are because of it that really don't matter. So I have trouble with with gassing up the young guns and then uh picking out all the holes on the good teams.
0: I just think your uncanny ability to analyze the game of basketball really well makes you really indecisive in some of your decision making because you're probably <laughs> going to get it right initially but then you have such good thought process that or like such good points that you make about some kind of you know stat that you can talk yourself out of your original thought
1: yeah maybe this must be what it's like to be an over analyzer and the rest of my life i'm like yeah do it let's do it you know right, but right. not in this
0: so let's uh let's start with about the suns. suns man yeah 24 is the number from vegas which is incredibly low, but still somewhat friendly. Um, You know, we'll talk about some of their additions and and their losses and some of their young talent. I'll just tell you straight up, I'm going under because I think
1: they're tanking again. Dude, yeah, for real. This this team is – that 24 number is low. Um, They might be below 20 this year. They might look like the Cavs of last year. Yeah, I'm going under on this one as well.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good call. I mean, you bring Rubio in there, that's a nice little sign for veteran leadership. Um, Josh Jackson, TJ Warren is actually a player I like. They, they, they're they on their way out. Um, got the contract for Ubre. Didn't overpay too much. And then uh, also brought in uh, Dario Saric. So, and Aaron you know, Baines, too. So, yeah. um, go ahead. I was going to say, but it's still, with all that being said, nice additions. It comes down to the development of, Deandre Ayton and Devin Booker, correct?
1: Yeah, dude, honestly like whenever I see stuff like Dario Saric, Kelly Oubre, uh, Aaron Baines on teams like the Suns, I'm sitting there going, that is such a waste because those guys aren't going to change these guys win total at all, right? No, but, they but they could be they, good they, rotational players right on a good team. Yeah, they could change the win total on a Lakers team. They could change the win total on a Clippers team, but they're not going to yep. they're going to sit there and have this team tank. While you have Dario Sarge who can knock down threes and D-up somebody on the other end of the court. Um, a prototype role player, you know, um, could go somewhere else. Is Kelly like, Oubre is like that too. And Baines got good minutes in, uh, for the Celtics last year. Um, so those are the ones that disappoint me is those players like that. Like, I'm okay with having a bad team with a Devin Booker and a DeAndre and Even Mikkel Bridges, I think he has a lot of upside moving forward. Frank <laughs> Kaminsky, but not these savvy <laughs> Kaminsky. Dude, I, I don't even want to talk about him. He sent my uh my Wildcats out of the elite eight two years in a row, dude. We couldn't stop him. Um, <laughs> That's embarrassing. But oh, dude, uh, bad. You know, I think
0: DeAndre Ayton is going to be the number one player on this team this year, don't you? And I think it has to transition that way. He's I know the big man is kind of dead. He is a prototypical big man, but I think his talent is still superior to Devin Booker's.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Like, we talk about it all the time. I always mention it. He had one of the most efficient and best big man rookie years of all time. Um, so, it, I think that it will transition in his way. Also, you don't really know. Devin Booker might have the em- emptiest scoring talent of all time. Like, it, he, dude can drop 70 and his team's not going to win more than 20, 20 games. You know, like, right, cause he really because he doesn't, doesn't play defense. Much else. Yeah. Right. Right. So, not a
0: great facilitator necessarily, uh, you know, great, not a great defender at all. He's actually a
1: pretty bad defender from what I've seen on tape. Yeah. He's a, you don't see very many all stars and very many superstars for sure that are so one dimensional. But it's surprising to everybody because he's one dimensional in the only statistic that people really look at or the first statistic that everybody looks at. You know, Rondo can average 11 assists a game and 10 points. And then Devin Booker can average 25 and people will go, Devin Booker's a better player, you know? Right. But that's not, that may not be the case because Rondo d's up on the other end. He facilitates for other people and he can score when he wants to. Um, Devin Booker to me is almost on the same level as Rondo, just in a different facility or different aspect of his game.
0: Right. Right. He's just so one dimensional, but right. I-, I do think he could change some of that. Um, it's just going to come down to come down to effort as well. But when you look at it, I mean, he's been playing the one kind of the last few years. With bringing in Rubio, he shifts over to the two because he yeah. just had the ball in his hands coming up the court a lot, which really isn't his. He needs to learn how to move without the ball, I think, yeah. and that would make him a, a better player, put him in a position to be a more efficient player, and it's going to help the team overall when Rubio can bring the ball up the court, work a pick and roll with Aiden, have the you know the option to kick it to Booker. Where he can ISO or do his own thing as well. You know, I think that's way more of a recipe for success. Or Mikel Bridges, who's also a pretty good shooter. You know, they got some young guys in there that can shoot. I think changing that point guard is a big deal. And I think their talent is capable of winning more than 24 games. But this kind of goes back to what I said about Memphis. I just don't think the Suns are going to be in the business of trying to win games and
1: that they're, you know, going to go 20 and 62, like you said. Yeah, there's no. There's no reason to win thirty games versus twenty-five games if that what your if that what your skill skill level is right right you want to tank yep. and get that first pick so um, and this will
0: be a good draft too
1: yeah I haven't I honestly haven't looked at the draft coming up but generally these alternate like last year wasn't a great draft um but um it's not this year it's next year if I'm correct that or maybe the year after that that we have two classes that have their best players coming out because they're going to abolish that. You have to go to college or you have to be over the age of 18 rule. Right. I, is it think, next it's, is it I year think it's a year after.
0: No, it's 2021,
1: I believe. Okay. So not this class, but the class after. Correct. My math is right. I'm only adding two to this number, but I still can't do it. And I'm not going to put a, put my name on that. Um, so what else about the Suns are you thinking?
0: And I'm not, not a lot. I'm what, what is success for Deandre? Ayton look like this, season for you i mean he went 16 and 10 he shot 60 percent from the field you know that's as we've talked about a historic kind of season for a big man i think if he needs to maybe
1: percent dude that's
0: big for i i'm okay big. with that dropping that's down huge. to like 52 or 54 if he's you know taking more shots but i'd like to see his scoring go up to maybe 20 21 maybe add a little bit more of a, a mid-range uh shot to his arsenal i think that would be what i'm looking for i mean the rebounding numbers could go up a little bit i'd you know, like to see some more blocks, but that's really what I'm looking for is DeAndre Ayton's evolution and can Devin Booker thrive in the the two guard role. Other than that, I mean,
1: like I said, tankathon. Right, right. So I think that we're going to see a shift. So we saw a shift uh, away from the traditional big, and then there becomes this big gap in the NBA, just like we're looking at with the mid range game. There becomes this big gap where people aren't preparing for it. So a real traditional big can come in and rip up people. Look at what Joel Embiid is doing. He's a traditional big who can spread the floor, you know? Um, right. And he's going to be that way. So last year, Aiden, look at his stats. He was at 16, um, boards 10, Uh a little bit pretty low on the turnover on the turnovers, uh, at 1.8, actually that's, that's impressive. And then 59% from the field. Um, so his usage rate was about 21. If he can put that up to about 25 and stay as efficient, he'll average easily 20 and 10 and efficient 20 and 10 for a big in a sophomore year is just humongous. I think though, more than anything else, uh, success for eight needs to be, he needs to get better rotations. He needs to get better at seeing, uh, seeing what's going at the rim and protecting it because as great as Joel Embiid is offensively that's not what makes him MVP caliber what makes right. him MVP caliber caliber is that he was a top five in, in defensive efficiency in the league yeah that's he's just, I mean he's to. just
0: an anchor you can put down on the block and you, you Aiden has the frame to do that he's a pretty big guy you know he's built similar yes. to Embiid he might be an inch or two shorter but he has that frame to do that he just has to develop the uh I don't think it's necessarily even an IQ thing just the you know the want to and the willingness to do that in the NBA. Yeah.
1: He's uh listed at 7-1. So uh I yeah. think Embiid I think that's seven the same two. size as Embiid. Yeah. Is Embiid listed 7-2? Yeah, somewhere around there, 7'1", yeah, seven, seven, seven foot. So yeah, this he's listed as taller than Embiid. Wow. But um we'll see man. Uh, I think I think like like you asked previously. I think what will make him great this year will be um playing defense. Getting a little bit better rotation wise. Yep.
0: So we're both under there. Let's uh let's shift over here to the Sacramento Kings. Uh we're gonna stay in the state of California for the remainder of the uh the pod here. I I like this Kings team. You know I do. Uh been really high on De'Aaron Fox from the get-go and continues to uh keep trending upward pretty pretty consistently. I think this could be a year he could fight for an all-star appearance. It's just the cards in the West are so loaded, it's gonna be tough. Yeah, but I And I don't think he's necessarily a stats guy. I think he's a, a hustle and win guy. But I like this lineup. I think Buddy Heald's really come into his role as a shooter and not being a ball-dominant guy. You bring in Harrison Barnes, a little overpaid, but, you know, back uh, – I have that defense. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But back in California where he started his career, he's a good scorer still as like a third or fourth option. You bring in Ariza who seems to continue to just be a decent D and three guy even though he's like 50 – and then, I mean, you got, uh, you know, Marvin Bagley, who finished pretty well in the first half or the second half of the uh, rookie campaign. So it's a team I'm excited for. I think you know that. The number's 37 from Vegas. What's
1: your uh, initial reaction there? Honestly, I don't know what to do with the Kings. I'm going even. No, I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know what to do with the Kings. Um, here's Here's my thoughts, and I'll work myself into a pick. My thoughts are... This team has enough offensive power, firepower to, to compete for the eighth seed. Like, I don't think that there's any anything wrong with saying that this team could be better than the Mavericks this year. The problem is, because the real issue, like, the Mavericks have two fantastic anchors, but they have no depth. They have no depth and they have no ability to, to uh, really score well, outside those two guys.
0: I would say the Mavericks have a lower floor and a higher ceiling. That's, yeah, that's good. Because, I mean, if Kristaps and, and – if Luca takes a step forward and Kristaps Chris is healthy, I think they're a 45-win team. If Kristaps struggles and Luca, you know, co- continues to have some of the deficiencies in his game uh, that he had last year, then and he doesn't really take that step forward, then, yeah, I'm, there may be a 35-36-win team.
1: Yeah. Um, but, yeah, about, about the Kings, I would go back to – I could see them being better than the Mavericks. I could also see them – winning 33 games, you know, so it, they're really anomalous. And here's why they're not good defensively. So you could have a, a game where Bagley comes out and goes for 30 and they just blow the doors off of somebody, or right. you could have a game where nobody can really find Nobody can really score at the end of the day. Your scores are still young. Um, Bagley is going to have Bagley's in a second year. Um, and then De'Aaron Fox is in his fourth year. This will be going right. into his third year. Third year. Okay. So going into his third year. So you still have really young scorers. Um, and they, those guys don't have the ability to night in and night out, just carry a team offensively like a, a veteran would, right? Because they're going to see, they're going to see different looks that they haven't seen before. They're going to see different teams, uh, especially now they're going to see teams that have different setups than what they used to have. And you can't tell me that a third year, a third-year player is going not going to be rattled by getting a switch from Patrick Beverly onto Kawhi and then getting another switch onto Paul George and going, what the hell <laughs> is going on here, you know? Yeah, or, that's, a little, that's a little overwhelming for sure. Yeah, or the Jazz getting a switch on to, from Donovan Mitchell onto Mike Connolly. All of a sudden, Mike Connolly's on, you You know? So, so,
0: I mean, I think that's a fair point, but my argument for De'Aaron Fox would be it went from 11.6 to 17.3 from year one to year two. Yeah. So if we see that kind of jump, you know, to year three, I think that's a big deal. And then, I mean, Buddy Healed, this is his, or this was his fifth year. He's going into his sixth year, but uh, he came over to Sacramento in his third year and he went from 13.5 uh, two seasons ago to 20.7 last year. So I think both of them are trending upwards. And I think there's a chance one of those guys, I guess this would be my counter to your point, even though I think it's a good one. I think both, out of both of those guys, one of them can end up being that night in and night out 24 point per game type of score this year
1: yeah that's what but it will take they're gonna have to so they don't have I agree with that they don't have also a defensive anchor um De'Aaron Fox has shown flashes of being good defensively but he hasn't done it consistently Bagley has been yeah I mean he's a nice, he's a nice defensive
0: player like Fox is a, a, a good above average wing defender but he's not a lockdown guy and Bagley yeah he's Definitely shown some deficiencies there as well as, you know, in college you did too.
1: Which is really the – Go ahead. I was going to say, which is really why you brought in Trevor Ariza and re-signed Harrison Barnes to try and anchor yourself defensively, right? But right. neither of these guys – Trevor Ariza being really old and Harrison being – he's always been a good defender. He's never been a great defender. Exactly. You kind of have this thing where you don't have a lockdown wing or a big-time wing, uh, but you have two guys that can kind of do it back and forth like you remember the um louis scola and uh carl landry of the rockets a couple years ago you kind of have that situation where neither of these guys are good separately but maybe they'll be good together you know carl and Landry's like six five playing center right right in staggering minutes but at the end of the day that's just one lockdown player um fox is gonna have to really lock in if fox really locks in defensively i could see them competing for the playoffs if he doesn't really lock in defensively, then they turn into a shooting team that tries to outscore you, but but they can't stop you, you know? So. Yeah. Uh, I think losing Willie Cauley-Stein is,
0: you know, a pretty good rim protector hurts too. But yeah, at the end of the day, this will be a fun team to watch. They don't get hardly any primetime games. I think they got one primetime game last year. Hopefully Six. they'll get four or five this year. So you kind of got to be – you know, a diehard basketball fan streaming those on Reddit, or if you have, you know, access to league pass or maybe some NBA TV, that's the only way to see them, but they're a really exciting team to watch. So
1: yeah, these guys are my, besides the Pelicans, they're my league pass darlings.
0: Yeah. I try to, I try to encourage everyone to watch a little more Kings. So I'm going over the 37. Where are you at?
1: Yeah. I'm going to go, I'm going to go ahead and say that they put it together and they compete for the eighth seed. So I'm going to go at 40, 42. Wow. Okay. That's higher than I thought you'd give them. I like that, though. Yeah, yeah. I
0: think they're about a 41 team. Uh, I'm just over the 37. I think that's a good good number to go over.
1: This could also be my worst pick because they could easily, like <laughs> I said, win 33, you know?
0: Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, it, it, it is the Kings at the end of the day, and I don't want to give them too much credit. Yeah. Uh, but that'll that'll transition us staying in, uh, in Northern California over to the Golden State Warriors. For the first time in a long time, they are the third ranked team in this division. Uh, Vegas has them at 47 wins. Um, I'll come out and tell you, I'm definitely over that. I don't know what your origi- you know, initial thoughts are there, Josh. That's me assuming Clay comes back as well. I mean, it, all indications are that Clay is going to probably come back sometime around uh, March and get that team
1: playoff ready. They're going to rush him out in February and then he'll tear his ACL in March is what will the happen. He'll <laughs> try to
0: play in January. He's right. Really? The yeah. Play.
1: There's no doubt. Yeah. He, he was walking into the locker room when he turned to Steve Curry and goes, I'm good. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> right. Dude, that guy is such a baller. I wish that he would have went somewhere else so I could have bought one of his jerseys. But um, yeah, I think, like, I, like I've said previously on this uh, show, Stephen Curry, it's going to be a two man race for, between him and Giannis for the MVP. And we're about to see 2015 level Stephen Curry's, maybe better, probably better, because he's is. do the carry Polish Energizer who is who's, who's that? I don't the Polish know. Energizer? Is he Polish. Oh, uh, you, uh, wait. Jokic. No, you're talking about Jokic. Oh yeah. Okay. He's Serbian. Which uh, Okay. Serbia has the, a flipping good to the same thing. Yeah, Serbia has a uh, flipping good um team right now. They might beat our USA team. But USA, that's what happens when you take your C team over there? Yeah, exactly. But we did handle Greece pretty well, which
0: I thought we would have trouble with them. Yep. But, but this um, this Warriors team is just it's in intri- really intriguing to me because it's such a new look i mean there's six guys that were on the roster last year that all got pt in the finals that are off the team yeah so you got jordan bell quinn cook boogie which boogie's had a hell of an off season uh kevin durant iggy and sean livingston all off the roster you had willie collie stein jordan Poole eh, and uh d'angelo russell
1: here's my concern with the warriors all those guys played really well in the finals because they had to for five games or for six games or for seven games. Right. I don't know if you can – if Kavon Looney or Alfonso McKinney, and they lost Jordan Bell too. I don't know if you can roll those guys out for 82 games. I just don't know if you can do it, right? They got Willie Colley-Stein, which is probably about Jordan Bell's level, right? Would you say that he's a whole lot better than Jordan Bell? I probably wouldn't. Maybe uh, a I, think, I think he's a lot better defensively. I don't know, man. Uh, Jordan Bell
0: played really well. Yeah, yeah Jordan Bell is actually really good at the pick and roll. I think Willie Colley-Stein gives you more rim protection. He's a better rebounder, more pick and uh, pick and roll lob situations. But I'd say he's marginally better, but not much better, I guess.
1: So, Draymond still has the unbelievably amazing defensive mind. And D'Angelo Russell is there as well. But he doesn't really – you're not going to – sure, D'Angelo Russell just – made two hundred threes and or 500 thre- whatever it was he broke records as far as threes and assists go but he's not clay thompson dude that's a downgrade from clay thompson defensively right right so i don't it's gonna be a hell i don't of a think this though. team do what it's gonna be a hell of a backcourt though they're gonna put up a lot of points They are going to put up a lot of points. I'm worried about them defensively, which I've never been worried about the Warriors defensively before. Draymond's getting old. Um, He came out and said, you know, you have 82 game players and you have 16 game players, and I'm a 16 game player. Well, he did show that he was a 16 game player (laughs) last year because he really didn't play at all until the playoffs. Yeah, but to get to um, the 16 games, you got to play the 82 first. Yeah, yeah, exactly. uh, Part of the problem here. And I have concerns about that. So I'm... I'm going to say a lot of it, like you said, depends on when Clay comes back. I'm going to go ahead and go with uh with under. I'm going to take them at 46, but I do think they'll squeak into the playoffs. Okay, When they do, yeah, they will be flipping dangerous. Agreed. That I, is I not like a seven seed that I'm looking to see.
0: No, I like them as a five or six seed, maybe a seven seed. I think D'Angelo Russell is going to continue to take a step forward. I've mentioned it several times on here. Uh, maybe go under the leadership of Steph Curry. If he'll take him under his wings, he probably won't be there for that entire contract, depending on Clay's health, uh, because that'll be actually a discount contract potentially in a few years. I'm not as worried defensively about them. I'm a little worried defensively. I think Draymond really got himself into shape last year, lost 20, 25 pounds, realized he's a hell of a lot better of a basketball player when he does that. And I think he's going to continue to bring that into this year. And I trust him to continue to draft well, uh, moving forwards, you know, just – I am not as concerned about the departures as most people are. Um, but for this year, I'm going to have them at about 48, 49 wins somewhere in there. Uh, even if it's, you know, coming into all-star weekend and they're around 500, I'm not too nervous about that. Do you, yeah. do you think this team can win a championship? As they're built right what now if, with the rest of the league? No. What if Clay comes back hundred percent healthy and you play him, D'Angelo, Steph, and Dre as your one, two, three, four?
1: Last year, I would have said, yeah, that's a possibility, but not this year. There's too many other good teams. Okay. Um, I think that you're going to run the gauntlet in a very physical West. Just Um, Clippers,
0: Lakers, Rockets, just a lot of big, strong
1: teams. Yeah, and to be honest, then you have two big powerhouses over there waiting for you on the other side in the Sixers and the Bucks. You know, one of those two teams is going to have – Right. Cause those two teams are either going to go one and two or one and three, um, depending upon how Boston does. And they'll, one of them will have a week, week ride to the finals beat that team and then go into the finals pretty fresh.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so we we see differently on the Warriors, although I think we both agree it's going to be really interesting. Do you think that they're
1: a championship team?
0: I think they could be if clay comes back hundred percent. Yeah, I okay. do. Cause I think the fact that they've played together before and, it's still the nucleus of Clay, Dre and Steph and, you know, all these super teams that you do mention that potentially have higher talent levels haven't played together before. And I think that's a big deal. And I also, you know, we're, this is all barring injury, of course. Right. Right. Um, ultimately. It's, it's a team that I, I'm also just more interested in. I think this year than I have been previously, because maybe because I'm not as threatened by them, but. Uh, and you know, I like D'Angelo Russell a lot, so they'll be a fun team to watch. They'll get still tons of primetime games.
1: Right. I'd agree with that. I do have Steph. Like I said, Steph's going to compete with, for the MVP this year. Um, yeah, I think he's he's like
0: two to one odds.
1: Two to one. Yeah. I think him
0: and Giannis are both right, right there. Um, I'll pull it up and take a look at it. Who would you take gut, gut feeling there?
1: Do what? Who would I take gut feeling between the two? Um, So I would take Giannis. Honestly, Um, I would still take him because I think that people, the MVP has voter fatigue, and people know that they've given out Steph two of them. Do you have two? Okay, that's true. Um, Steph is five to one. Giannis is three to one. So I'll
0: just give you the top ones here. Giannis is three to one. Steph is five to one. James Harden is seven to one. Kawhi is eight to one. LeBron is nine to one. Uh, Anthony Davis is ten to one. Uh, Joel Embiid twelve to one uh Jokic and Luka at 16 to 1. I like the Jokic value there at 16 to 1.
1: Yeah. I uh Luka's at 16 to 1? Yeah. Jeez, dude. That's pretty yeah. I would say that's pretty high. Um don't don't sleep on him, man. I I'm not trying to sleep on him. It's just his sophomore year. Um I so I, I would take Giannis just because I'm st- taking a step back on it. Previously, I said Giannis is going to shoot 35% for the three-point line next year. If that happens, it's a lock. I'm taking a step back on that. He's shooting 25% in FIBA. And he's not getting <laughs> to work on his game while he's playing in FIBA. And that's a
0: shorter three-pointer for those that don't know. I think
1: the FIBA line is a foot and a half closer. Yeah, so something closer. like that. It's it's a little bit closer, and the the lane is weird too. But um, the re- like Ben Simmons isn't – playing FIBA because he couldn't make the team. He's playing FIBA or he's not playing FIBA because he's working on his game. Like Joel Embiid isn't not playing FIBA because he couldn't make the team. Granted it's Cameroon, but he's playing because he's working on his game. (laughs) And I would have, if, if Giannis wanted to be that next like 35% three point shooter, he needed to actually stay here and play. Um, I think I'm taking a step back on what I predicted previously in regards to that, but I still have him winning MVP. That's going to average 30 and, um, 30, shoot 45 from the three point line shoot 50% from the field and 90%. From, I give him 30 points, 33 points a game on 50, 40, 90 season. Holy Instagram. shit. That, that'll win MVP
0: even just because of Steph. As long as they're like a seven seed or higher, even dude, if Giannis is like 60 and 22 again, it'll be hard. But I think if, Steph, if he goes over 30 and 50, 40, 90, it's basically a lock. I think he just yeah. kind of give it to him in this, especially in this
1: stats obsessed era. But I think that Giannis is gonna go over thirty-two with yeah, thirteen you, boards again. Th- yeah. You always see fair. clearly with Giannis as he learned his, conference final. <laughs> his field goal numbers are gonna stay the same. Points are gonna go up, assists are gonna go up, his boards will probably stay the same.
0: No, I so agree. Like, I mean, I think I would take Steph because I like the five to one. I like my value there more than three to one. Yeah. To but I think I think it's really close. Yeah. So uh, what Let's else do you have about the Warriors? Uh, no, nah, I mean, that's that's about it on the Warriors. I like that we, we disagree there. So that's our first disagreeance uh, in this conference, or in this uh, division, the Western Conference. Move over to the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, Vegas has them at 51 and a half. I, I thought that was a pretty interesting number. I thought, based on where their odds were to win the finals, that their number would actually be a little higher. Although I think this number does make sense. Uh, initial reactions to that 51 and a half, uh, I'm going over. I, I figured you would. I'm going under that. Yeah. I don't know if I trust the team to stay healthy. And I think you're going to have what you typically have with most LeBron James teams with a lot of new faces and a lot of new talent where you start off a little slow. I think there's going to be a fair amount of load management on this team. Uh, so I think a 50 and 32 season with them in the four, three or four seed is very realistic. I don't think it necessarily matters if they're a four or two seed.
1: Yeah. And I, I think the opposite. I think that it very much matters between a four and a two seed because you have, you could end up being in the same bracket as the Clippers if you're a four seed. You don't want to be there. You want to be in an opposite. If you bracket play the Clippers, Clippers,
0: if you play the Clippers at home and they're a one seed, if you're a four seed and you you play a five seed, you have four home games. That team has three home games, and if you win that series and you move on to play the Clippers, who are the one seed, you're still a home team in LA, so it's still a home game. Okay.
1: Um, I would just rather play them deeper than yeah than early, but just well, because I, like
0: that's also me thinking that the Clippers are not going to be. I think I've told you I think the Rockets will be the one seed. I think the Clippers will be the three.
1: So, okay, you think the Clippers will be the three, and then you have Rockets at one seed and the Jazz at two. Um, Nuggets, yeah, Nuggets. Nuggets, at two. Excuse me, man. That conference is so flipping loaded. <laughs> yeah, um, it's really hard. Ultimately, I'm trying to get as high a seed as possible because. You have to convince Anthony Davis to stay, to return. You right. have to do it. And and he I think still hasn't stay,
0: really come out and said he's going to
1: do that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Pretty he's been very confident. wishy-washy on it. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. So you have to convince him to stay. I am doing everything I can to at least convince him that I'm a championship team if I don't win the championship. So I'm going as hard as I can. I'm, I think that we're going to see – People are going to remember the type of defender that LeBron is because I think that he's going to realize that he's going to have to play this or he's going to have to play this year. Plus, the Lakers last year, like, he didn't play as bad a defense as people think he is. They were a very switch-heavy team, and I think they'll probably roll out something similar again because they have switchable players. And for your big to be as switchable as AD is, that facilitates, okay, we're going to switch everything, right? Like, Dallas isn't switching stuff because they got Porzingis, and he'll get torched on the perimeter. AD can switch onto the perimeter. Absolutely, and I I
0: agree with you. I think LeBron will have to take a step forwards defensively for this uh, this team to be successful. You know, I've talked about this at length with Justin. I think everything has to go right this season for the Lakers for them to see success. It's possible, but Anthony Davis and LeBron obviously have to stay healthy. They need Rondo to be a role player and keep his mouth shut. You know, they need guys like Danny Green that they brought in to really be able to hit open jump shots. There's a lot of things that have to fall right that. You know probably should in theory and on paper but i don't know if i just for some reason i get that gut feeling that i just don't trust it uh, you know obviously lebron 80 pick and roll has the potential to be all time but i don't think it's necessarily a guarantee and i'm really concerned about the coaching staff i'm concerned about frank uh, vogel and you know who he's brought in and the the man you know the upper management and how Dwight and Javel rotation is going to work i'm just not as bullish on this team as a lot of people are you know i love lebron and i love hearing the things you're saying and you're making me feel more confident about it but when i uh, put my lenses on it, i'm just not 100% sold on it i feel like it's really hanging like you're just you have a finger hanging on on the edge and you might get up but you might not
1: yeah they have a finger hanging on to a championship which all teams are like that you know um all yeah, teams, are, I would say a few other sides of the work, flipping but... warriors of last right, year. Right. But, right. Um, that's, that's also an anomaly. All teams are one injury away from not winning a championship, you know? Um, now ultimately they, I had concerns about the, about it whenever it first started happening because LeBron and AD like that's going to be the greatest pick and roll of all time. You have two top five players, which is always championship level, but they had nobody else around them. They quietly put together a fantastic three point shooting team. Um, Danny Green shot forty five percent from the three point line last year. Quinn Cook shot, shot around forty. Caruso shoots around forty. You know, um, um, true. Jared That's Dudley. Jared, Jared Dudley gotta, can shoot the lights out in limited minutes, right? You don't want him on the court for too to long. Do
0: that though, yeah, you don't they, want Jared he, Dudley playing too much defense, but they have to continue to do that. And I know they've been consistent shooters their whole career, but you know, guys sometimes feel pressure around LeBron, and for whatever reason, just
1: don't perform historically. Yeah, that is true. But dude, they thought they were open before, man. Like they. AD and LeBron on the court. Those guys are going to be shooting with nobody within 50 yards of them. Um, That's
0: right. We haven't seen LeBron make, you know, a play or, you know, create a play and make a pass to a shooter with Anthony Davis. As great as Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh are, we've talked about this, they didn't create the kind of attention that Anthony Davis will, on top of the attention LeBron's already getting. So, yeah, yeah those I mean, guys just rip the rim off
1: every single game. You know. I,
0: I could stand out there and take catch a ball, get take a dribble, and t- still get my shot off.
1: Yeah, dude, those guys are going to be shooting from mid range and not have anybody within fifty feet of them. But exactly. um, I I and Danny Green's a stopper. Um, if Dwight Howard comes out and just even plays up to what he could be, he could be capable of. Not even like I don't even want to see 20, 2008 LeBron or Dwight. I want to see. 2019 playing hard and trying hard dwight all you got to do is go out there and average 10 boards a game and then play a little defense that's all you got to do dude the scoring is going to take care of itself on that team um it could go really well if that if he
0: works out that could change everything but also if, they got every breath yeah avery bradley yeah. great defensive player Shoot. but you can't score i know you're, you're not, not kind of free he can in, in that's all I got to do. Not in volume, but, yeah, I mean, as, as a, you know, their fourth best three-pointing wing, that's that's perfectly fine. Yeah, I mean – It's funny going back to LeBron defense. I think it's funny those videos that came out. I uh, was that last season and also probably the season before of all these plays he takes off, which he's certainly guilty of, but he's been doing that, and it's not a surprise to anybody that really watches basketball. He picks and chooses his spots very well, and when he wants to be an elite defender, he still is even in year 17. And yeah. I think he's going to have to pick and choose those spots a little more frequently this year.
1: So I just picked up the new 2K20 game and it's pretty good. They still try and grab your money a whole lot. But whenever you play with LeBron, whenever you're controlling LeBron, everywhere that everybody moves shows their percentage and likelihood of making a shot from there. And that's right. what real LeBron is like. Like he knows where everybody's going to shoot from. He knows what they shoot from as soon as they touch the ball, where they're at to wherever they dribble. He knows that, okay, James Harden shoots 47% on the pickup or on a um, pull-up jumper, like, and he plays those, he takes, uh, plays off because he knows, okay, this guy only shoots 30% from the three point line. I'm going to let him shoot that. And I'm going to save some energy versus this guy shoots 38. I'm not going to let him shoot that. I'm going to close out hard on this. Um, so I, I, that's a lot of the reason why people criticize him so heavily, but really he's just a smart defender and he's a smart player. Um, every Bradley shot 38% from the three point line last year and has over his career shot. 36% too. Okay. So dude, that's, that's better than I thought. They, one thing I will say is they need to go out and get Iggy. They need to go make that happen. And if I'm LeBron, I'm staying there talking to my, talking to upper management saying, we need to go get Iggy because we need veteran leadership on this team, more of it. And we need more defense and he's going to come yeah, out. He needs and, defensive help. That would take so much pressure off of LeBron. Yeah. Plus he's so clutch, dude. I've, like, he doesn't shoot great from three-point line, but he hits every shot that matters, you know? Yeah, so, he just rainbow, um, rainbows every open three in, like, yeah. the last two minutes of a game. The problem is with that guy is the only real thing that you can do um, to absorb him or to get him is to absorb a big contract, which the Lakers would do, but Memphis doesn't have any big contracts, you know? So it's like, how do you really go out and get that guy? I, they're going to have to hope that he goes to the waivers and then pick him up from there. Which right. I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily you think there's think a possibility. A possibility. Uh, LeBron and
0: AD are both first team All NBA this year. Oh yeah, I think it's a very real possibility. I don't know it, it, that it feels like that's probably happened somewhere in the history of the NBA, but it's certainly not common.
1: Hasn't been two. So um, yeah, I'm trying to think through. LeBron our, and uh,
0: Wade possibly would be the most most recent, or Steph yeah. and KD possibly, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think LeBron both of them. LeBron and AD certainly have that that ability this year. Who do you see having a bigger season?
1: I don't know, man. Um, like I think as AD much as we talk about a bigger season to support LeBron, I think MVP, that's the, the key. What's he as far as MVP uh, um, numbers or uh, MVP odds? Because as much as we talk about LeBron, has never played with a player as good as AD. AD sure as hell has never played with a player as good as LeBron. You know, so he's going to be a big benefactor of that as well.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, let's see what AD's odds are. I believe LeBron was nine. Yeah, LeBron is nine to one. Anthony Davis is ten to one. So they're both okay. right in that top top six range. That's
1: surprising to me that LeBron's actually higher. Um, I think the assist have, factor. Yeah, probably. We also need to remember that in the games that he played last year, Anthony Davis averaged twenty six on fifty one, and twelve boards and 2.4 two point four blocks. Boards. Dude, this guy's yeah, a exactly. fucking monster. Like people forget how good he is because he sat out the year before that. He averaged twenty eight and 11, you know, but he's a, he's just a monster. He's a top five
0: player. And this, this will be interesting to see him play. I know he played in some meaningful games in college at Kentucky, but it'll be interesting to see him play some meaningful games here in the NBA, assuming he gets those with LA this year, which I think he will because LeBron's played in a ton and he's going to look at Davis and be like, you know, you know, I know you haven't played in these games before, but I don't expect you to you know, handle the situation
1: like a, a top five player. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. 100%. So Um, we'll disagree
0: on that one. Uh, I go, I go under, you go over. I hope you're right. Uh, And that brings us to our, our last team in Los Angeles, last team in California here at round off the specific division uh, with the Los Angeles Clippers who really shook the uh, shook the news in July and their number is 53. I think that's fair. It's a pretty high number. I think there'll be a lot of load management. You got, you know, PG thirteen coming off of double shoulder surgery, which is never, never exciting. And Kawhi was hobbling at the end of those, uh, the end of the finals last year. I'm still really high on this team. You know, you mentioned the defensive um, prowess on the perimeter already. What's your initial thought on that fifty three number? Where you, what, what are you thinking there?
1: If I'm Doc Rivers, I'm walking into in the locker room, and the first thing that I put on the board is fifty seven. Like I'm saying, we've got to win fifty seven. We have enough talent. We scene. have to win fifty seven. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. we need to go out and do it. I don't think they do. They do. I think that they will go over on this. If I had to, if I had to take one, I would take it at like 54, 55, but this team has enough talent to go 57, 58. Um, so this team is not going to worry about outside of Kawhi <laughs> um, and Paul George. Well, really you want, you're not going to have a problem with load management because there's so much talent around you. It's not like if you sit LeBron, your entire offense just, your offensive engine is gone. It's not like if you sit Anthony Davis, you lose so much on the, on the court. If you sit, you can alternate between Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, and you still have a top three wing on the floor at any time. You know, it's true. That's a big deal. So load, load management will be heavy on this team, but it's not going to affect them as much.
0: Okay. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's true. And they have depth, you know, they have, you know, Lou Williams that you can bring off of the bench for scoring. They have Montrez Harrell, who's, you know, a nice inside player. I'm excited about this team offensively and defensively. Obviously, the defense, as we talked about it, is getting a lot of attention. But I think they have a lot of potential
1: offensively as well. Yeah. Here's what Doc Rivers hasn't been able to do a whole lot. He hasn't been able to perform the way that he needs to perform superstars. He won a with in Boston with uh, – Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, and Kevin Garnett, but they really underperformed in the years after that. And then he really underperformed with with Chris Paul and Blake Griffin and DeAndre Edwards. That's Gordon. more of an underperformance to me but yeah, but very much definitely so. definitely agree with both. Um, so I'm surprised, and he tends to get a lot of teams that don't have a whole lot of talent on them. Last year's Clippers team is the prime example of that. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what he does with these guys and seeing if we can put him back into that this guy might be a top five coach again conversation. I think he, he fell out, out of it. it. He was big definitely time for me. Yeah. At that in Boston.
0: Yeah, yeah. And he, he fell out of it. A big great time Top three. No, he did for me as well. I mean, yeah, he's definitely he- mediocre to me at this point because that – I mean, that Clippers team just underperformed way too much for the talent you had there all in their right. prime. But I look at this This Clippers roster and I say, who's going to be the playmaker here? Patrick Peverly is your point guard? I mean, we've talked about Kawhi and Paul George aren't necessarily great – facilitators and playmakers, although they're great ISO players, both those teams that he previously coached that were, you know, contenders had Chris Paul and Rajon Rondo, two of the best facilitators we've seen in the last 20 years so yeah. that kind of begs the question of where is this Clippers team going to be from a standpoint of when you get down into, you know, a tied game fourth quarter, game six, game seven, and you need a facilitator and it's a slowed down half court environment Do you just mm-hmm. ISO your guys, you know that that's where it's going to be a lot of X's and O's on Doc Rivers and a lot of pressure on him to draw up the right plays.
1: That is an absolutely fantastic point. And when you don't have a facilitator on your team, it puts all the pressure on the coach to be the facilitator and the system to be the facilitator. So we're, we are going to see the metal that Doc Rivers has here because he has something that's going to have people rotating at Paul George and Kawhi Leonard constantly. Really, there's no one outside of those two guys that can sham can do it. And, uh, Lou Williams can do it sometimes. That's going to, that can, that can just go off any given night, you know, like Lou yeah, Williams will be, will be a steady scorer, Um, and he'll, he'll go off every, any, every now and then, but it's not like a D'Angelo Russell, you know? No, it's definitely a, a level below that for sure. So if you, and, if you are resting those guys alternately, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, you're going to run into a situation where you might have trouble scoring. Yeah, this team is never going to have trouble defending. They're going to have trouble scoring at times, I think. And I think people are going to be surprised by that.
0: Agreed. Agreed. And, you know, just kind of thinking about all these teams as we've gone through this Western Conference, I also want to make a few more points about the Clippers, but – the Clippers, Achilles Heel is what I just pointed out, is they don't have a true facilitator and creator. Right. That and they're gonna have a lack of chemistry, but that applies applies to half the playoff contenders here in the West. But every team has an Achilles heel, is I guess the point I kind of want to drill home is you know, the Lakers, we just talked about it. I think their their depth concerns, for me at least, I think you may might be higher on some of their players in that five through eight range on their roster. Yeah. I think they have huge depth concerns. I think roster uh the Raptors excuse me the rockets main concern is that they have two players that are going to take 98% of the shots you got denver who can you can you win a championship or even get to one with jokic being your best player right and you know the blazers that backcourt probably just isn't going to be enough you know the They're jazz or you're going to get there with donovan mitchell being your best player so it's like all these teams that are kind of at the top of this conference have an achilles heel and it's not a shoe and like it's been in Uh, For the Warriors the last five years in this conference, which is great because this conference has been so fantastic the last five years But it hasn't mattered because of the Warriors dominance and this year we get to really see a fun battle between You know some really talented teams that actually are
1: flawed, right? And that's what was so exhausting and and disheartening about the Warriors is there was no flaws in them. I had to make up flaws, which tended to be which actually turned out to be correct. But I had to make up the flaw of they weren't deep and they were they were given minutes, minutes up. It, it, there was no flaws in them whatsoever. And we're finally back to a situation in the NBA where we have multiple teams that can win, you know? And I would say that the least flawed team isn't even in the West. I would say the team with the lowest with the lowest amount of glaring flaws is in the East. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I guess you're, you're referring to
0: the, uh, the bucks. I'm talking about them or am I talking about the Sixers? I think you're talking about the bus because I think the Sixers have a lot of issues. <laughs> that's fair. I would but say Sixers that- have issues because if there's anybody that's six, three on the other team, that's fast, no one can guard them. That's their thing. <laughs> but you know, as we've kind of hit on all these teams in the Western Conference, you know, and we'll we'll get official predictions before season starts and we'll get J mac in here and we'll get his, of course, as well. But we talked where we see all these teams over and under. Uh, who's your who's your favorite coming out of the Western Conference? Um to, to win. Not to have well, give me give me your hot your number one seed and who comes out of the Western Conference.
1: Number one seed for me is a jazz. Um, I think Holy I said shit. that originally. Did I say that originally? I I don't know. I think I did. Um my, number one, seat is, my number 1 seed is the Jazz. Okay. But I don't think they can I don't think they can win in the playoffs with they're going to have a scoring problem. Um okay. my team if I had to put money on anyone it it's they're in LA. It's one of those guys. I think it's yeah. I think it's the Lakers. I know you think it's the Lakers and it's it, it's just
0: making me so happy because I mean, I hope you're right. I just don't think that you are, but you've been pretty consistent on that. You've been higher on the jazz than me and, and the Lakers as well. So that makes sense. Um, And dude,
1: like I, I, I get why people think that that's crazy for me to think that I do, but go back and watch what Frank George or Frank Vogel did for Paul George whenever he was in Indiana. Dude, Paul George got more open looks in one year with Frank Vogel than he did in, in, Two years with Billy Donovan,
0: like I know. But now we're talking about how good of a coach Frank Vogel could be, and I just don't know if that's
1: my best choice in the Western Conference. What do you mean? Your best? Co- just, he's not the best coach. He's not the best coach in the Western Conference. Steve Kerr is. is that what I you don't mean? think they have the. Well, and I don't think they have the best roster
0: either. So I guess that's why I'm not t- totally relying on that. But um, I, I, I would say Houston is my number one seed, and I would say Clipper or yeah, I would say Clippers is my
1: team to win the Western Conference. And I think I've been pretty consistent with that. So since we have a little bit of time, we're, we're rounding out the Western Conference. Why is Houston? What, what do you think about Houston's defensive deficiencies? I think P.J. Tucker is a better
0: defensive player than people realize. Uh, I think Capella had a great defensive season, regular season, and just struggled in the playoffs. Yeah. I think Westbrook can be a good defensive player when he chooses to be. So I'm not as worried about it as as clearly as you are. I think the Lakers are going to have more defensive deficiencies than the, the Rockets which is kind of a hot take when you think about it
1: that that is especially since they're one and two are Russell Westbrook and James Harden
0: But last year the one and two for the Lakers could also be six men
1: on a lot of teams what LeBron the one and two
0: for the Lakers Le- LeBron's the three
1: oh you're talking about the one and two position I'm sorry okay
0: yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. not talking about LeBron and Anthony. <laughs> I was, but
1: I was about to just one, exit the screen here.
0: One last thing I do want to say about the, uh, the Clippers as well is I'm interested to see where uh, Montrez Harrell takes his game to this year. That's a guy that I'm really, really high on. I have been um, since he kind of came into the league or uh, busted on the scenes, but I love the way he plays. Super physical. I want to see him add a little bit more of an offensive game. You know, he can catch lobs and get rebounds and go up over dudes because he's a lot stronger. But I'd like to see him just get a little, maybe not even a, a mid-range, just a little 12-footer or a little back-to-the-basket kind of game. You're
1: going know, to hear something unpopular. He might be maxed out. I think he's maxed No. Yeah. He's not
0: a max. Just because of his ability to switch and his ability to get rebounds? No, he's maxed out
1: in his talent. This is oh, the best, This okay. is the best we're ever going to see him.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's that's probably fair. I mean, you're talking about a guy that pretty much got here off pure athleticism.
1: It's pure athleticism, pure hustle, and he's undersized, and those those players don't get better than sixteen points a game. He, he just he doesn't have he doesn't have the ability to shoot. He doesn't have the he doesn't have any post moves. It's honestly crazy to me that he's averaging sixteen points a game undersized as he is. It's all just hustle points. He's he's maxed. He's a he's a Kenneth Freed.
0: Really? See, I would still put him a little higher than Ken Farid, even though I guess that is where he is right now. I don't know. Maybe I don't, yeah, I don't think he's max. I think he could go a little bit further. And I think this will be the team that he could do that on just because there's so much other talent around him. You got to think about how he was shining last year in that system. And I mean, he really didn't have that much talent around him. I mean, who was the best player?
1: Uh, Who was the best player last year? Yeah, Lou Williams, their sixth man. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like Gallinari. So yeah, he has at this point he has scored more points by a long shot than Kenneth Freed ever did in his entire career. Kenneth Freed in his best year, uh, let's see, shot 54, build on 14 points per game with 8.6 boards. So uh, uh, Montrez Harrell last year shot. 16.6 points or scored 16.6 on 61 percent from the field that's freaking impressive with uh 6.5 boards so a worse rebounding worse rebounding uh better scoring Kenneth Freed. that's what he reminds me of honestly because if you remember prime Kenneth Freed, dude that guy was a was a monster and he just did yeah, it all I mean, off a I hustle was
0: really high on him and then yeah. I thought he was going to turn into this like little like kind of smaller more athletic Dwight Howard type of player
1: yeah, but that's that's the issue is, like, size makes such a big difference in the NBA. And even just a couple of inches or, like, having not as long arms as other people it makes a big difference. And that's – this guy's undersized. Um, so that's my concern about it. He's just not going to get any better. Um, Kenneth okay. Farid's 6'8", 220. Um, Montrez Harrell is 6'8", 240. A so.
0: couple inches makes a difference, man. Story of my <laughs> life. Do um, <laughs> you think Paul George and uh, Kawhi Leonard are going to have any issues of deciding who gets the ball? at the end of the game, or do you think, I think that both those, I feel like both those guys are relatively selfless, but they've, you know, Kawhi's never really been in a situation where he was playing with a guy that was a number one option who wasn't, who was like the same position as him. Like maybe Timmy D early in his career, but that's throwing it down in the
1: block. Yeah. And he was, that was when he couldn't score like that. He couldn't score, you know, at that point when Timmy D was the number one option because Kawhi won a finals MVP in his first, first finals appearance, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, Kawhi Kawhi and Paul
0: George, I mean, you can look at it and say there's probably never been two top 10, top 15 players in the NBA that played on the same team together with almost the exact same, exact same skill
1: sets and frame. They're the same person. Paul George has a better hairline, like the (laughs) same player. Dude, Paul George's hairline hit, dude, his (laughs) forehead is like
0: two inches wide. Like his, (laughs) is it too low? Like I, it's I'm, too just, low. I'm jealous a little bit. So this is just, you know, this is just spite, but it's like, is he, is he too low, man? That's like touch- whenever
1: it's touching your eyebrows. Yeah. Then it's too low. <laughs> uh,
0: but I, I think Paul George is, you know, a little bit taller than Kawhi a couple of inches, but Kawhi is definitely a little more muscular, uh, but they both can, they both become better three point shooters as their career has progressed. Paul George took his ISO one-on-one abilities to a ne- another level next year. So, I don't personally see it being an issue. I think there's been some chatter around that of, you know, can Doc draw, draw up the right play, or can they decide who's going to go, you know, in an ISO at the end of the game? To me, it's like whoever's throwing that ball and needs to just look at it and see who has the worst defender on them.
1: Do you have more of concern for the Lakers uh, injury-wise than you do the Clippers? We could be We could be without yes. Paul George game one. I think you will be. I think there's a good chance he misses the first 10 or 15 games. Oh, I'm really- talking about for the rest of the year. We could be without Paul George. He could get hurt really early. He just had two shoulder, sur- shoulder surgeries. Right. I don't know if he's
0: going to be there. I hope he's there for that opening night tip-off. That would be just be an electric, uh, electric game. I mean, either way it will be, but if Paul George is in the lineup, it obviously changes things. Um, that being said, I'm still – if you're talking about being more concerned about an injury to the Lakers or the Clippers, to the two top players, correct? Yeah, yeah, or, or just I, overall. I, I think I'm more concerned about the Lakers and I'm also just because that part of that is off the field and, or excuse me, off the court and on the court and their ability to handle that type of situation. Yeah, you know, Anthony Davis goes down for 30 games. LeBron James goes down for 20 games. I don't trust they're going to win a lot of games and just the way that the media covers it and the way that they handle like LeBron's injury last year. I just I, I think there's a lot of um, a lot of risk. It's the highest risk, highest reward team in the Western Conference to me.
1: Yeah, Lakers are always under a microscope, always. Um, More so than, even though they're in the same city, more so than the Clippers. Um, I think that Kawhi went to a much worse team than he came from um, as well. Um, Especially, I believe that Paul George is probably going to have some injury issues this year. Yeah, I mean, I think they
0: both are. I mean, we don't really know what went on with Kawhi. We knew that in... San Antonio had the issue with his quad and then last year it looked like he could barely run and was on the same leg. So it's like, yeah. you know, you don't know if that's going to linger into this year. But I guess the reason I would have less concerns with them having injuries is I like their depth more than the Lakers depth. But, you know, based on our conversation, I kind of sent you are leaning
1: the other direction. I, w- I will give you that. I think it's less concerning for the Clippers if they lose one of their superstars versus the Lakers if they lose one of their superstars. Because the Clippers can that. get scoring other places and their defense is still good.
0: Because you're yeah. – like, let's say you lose Paul George. Well, like, Pat Beverly, Kawhi, Montrez, Harrell, that's, like, all three levels a good defender.
1: Right. And you can – like, the Clippers are going to – like we t- just talked about, they're going to rely on the – Doc Rivers making the engine run. The Lakers are going to rely on LeBron James making the engine run. So if you have LeBron James get hurt, the chances are that Doc Rivers is probably not going to get hurt and miss significant minutes. Right? There's a, there's probably a better chance that LeBron gets hurt and misses misses significant games than Doc Rivers. So I, I if you lose LeBron, it's much worse than if you lose a star on the Clippers. Yeah, that
0: that's a great point. That's a great point. Well. Either way, I think we're uh, both pretty bullish on the L.A. teams. You just see the Lakers a little, little higher than I do. Uh, we'll kind of, you know, we'll, we wrote these down, so we'll monitor our over-unders for the Western Conference, um, see how Josh and I stack up. We'll come back next week uh, with the Atlantic Division, starting off for the Eastern uh, Conference. That's featuring or uh, marqueeing the Boston Celtics as well as the Philadelphia 76ers, so that'll be a fun division to get into. Um, Josh, can't wait to uh, dive into that one with you. I know you're going to. Uh, man crush on Ben Simmons for a while (laughs) for sure man I don't even know I haven't looked at all of it yet I need to start on my scouting so we'll see yeah it's going to be a fun division but uh, that'll wrap up the uh, Western Conference for us guys we'll be back next week with the Atlantic and uh, have a good one later Josh see you man